0: What's up, guys? It's Josh40. And before you tune into this episode, I want to make you aware of something real quick. We are in the process of getting season two underway, and we've had some amazing interviews that have already come on the show. We have even more amazing interviews lined up. And one of the things that uh, I'm working through and figuring out right now, because this is now a live show, is the audio portion of it and getting the audio just right between myself and the guests. And on this particular episode, there was a little hiccup in the audio recording to where uh, my voice is significantly louder than the guest's voice, in this case, Colin. And so um, you may need to adjust the volume when you're listening for Colin uh, because he is a little bit quieter than my voice is. And I apologize for that. My team and I are working on it. But the episode was so good. In fact, we've had over uh, 6,000 people watch it live. Um, And so we wanted to release the episode for you because there's a lot of really good gold nuggets in here. So I just wanted you to be aware of that before you dive in. The audio is a little bit off. We are working on it. I'm very committed to uh, producing high-quality episodes, and uh, this will not be the norm. I just wanted to let you know that um, we are working on it, we are aware of it, and it is being fixed in the future. So enjoy the episode. It's an amazing episode, uh, and I look forward to uh, having you go through it. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. We dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think Different Theory, season two. My name is Josh Forty. Hopefully, everyone is having a phenomenal day here today. I'll tell you what... um, I don't know what my problem was this morning. It is so cold here. And it's actually not even that cold outside. It's like, uh, I think it's like 20, 20 degrees, so nothing crazy. It was like negative 16 here a couple weeks ago, so it's nothing like it was. But I was so freaking cold this morning, I had uh, the temperature set to 76 degrees inside my apartment, which is normally like 70. So, you know, it it was super, super cold. Anyway, I think it's probably gonna get way hotter in here because uh, we have a super fire guest, wow, that was super cheesy, but I like it. I like, it. we have a super, super fire guest here today, guys. I'm super pumped up. As you guys know, I think different theory. One of the things that I'm really, really focused on is trying to bring on the highest quality guests, trying to bring on people that are actually just like epic and awesome. And I mean, we're shooting constantly to, to bring on bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger people and and people that not even just big in size, but like that are really big into their field and really understand what they do well um, so that I can go through and, and try to pull questions out of. Them that uh, most people don't normally get because some people, let's just be real, a lot of people suck at interviewing uh, people. Like they just, they're not that good. And one of the things I think I have a specialty at is interviewing people, uh, which is awesome. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our next guest. Our next guest is a guy. Guys, I don't know how this guy has done everything that he's done by the age of 30. Every time I talk to him, I'm like, dude, you're 30? What the heck? He's an entrepreneur, he runs a almost 50 million dollar a year company at least last year i'm sure it's gonna be over that this year he was uh, named by president donald trump himself as one of the best made in america steel companies in america number one in alabama his name is colin wayne and colin welcome back to think different theory this
1: guy has done everything that he's done by the age of (laughs) all right cool what's up man i I just shared it to a couple of my pages so hopefully we get some traction on here
0: i love it i love it thanks man i appreciate it how you been dude
1: Good, dude. Just saw you for the first time. We finally met. I know the first time we did our uh, our episode together, um, I, I hadn't met you, but we had connected before in the past, and now um, met you at Funnel Hacking, FHL.
0: Yeah, Funnel Hacking Live. That was super awesome, bro.
1: Yeah, just walked right past you. And I'm like, oh, that's Josh. <laughs> To
0: say to him. Dude, you look so fly at Funnel Hacking Live. Like, I wasn't expecting you to be in, like, a suit and everything. Or a, I guess you're a blazer, not, like, a full suit. But, like, you were looking super, super good. I was like, dude, you're a steel steel company, dude. I didn't expect you to look so good.
1: Well, former model, man, got to.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's right. How many, okay, how many covers of magazines have you been on? So
1: 50 plus. It's insane, dude.
0: That's insane. Okay, so I will go back to Funnel Hacking Live, though, because you were at, uh, on stage $25 million award. what did you do? How much of revenue did you do last year?
1: Well, as a business, so last year we actually took a decrease than what we did the year before. Um, we haven't even hit, so we're four years old as a business, uh, but our e-com uh, won't hit, three, we won't hit four years old until June 15th. So we've done over 40 million um, as a business, uh, but last year we ended up uh, closing out a little under 13, so. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, um it's been a lot of growth, a lot of growth pains along the way, Yeah, and, uh, but it's been a lot of fun in the process.
0: What's like, what are some of the things that in business you like you didn't expect? Like as you were scaling.
1: Um, yeah. So I think the biggest challenge that we have is usually when you need something from a, because it's, it's very, from a marketer's perspective, it's that's one challenge, but when you're having to face everything from the manufacturing the fulfillment, the distribution, the customer support, like juggling everything internally, it's very, very challenging because there's always going to be a bottleneck in one of those. And so there's a, a constant juggling act. So, um, some of our biggest challenges has been from a manufacturing capacity perspective, it was easier for us to get orders in the door, but the output was very challenging yeah. to buy equipment. It was like it could take, um, you know, six months to one. One piece of equipment took 13 months to build, and it's not—they're not, what the they're heck, not even, like our lasers come from other countries. Our our massive screw compressor that that that's actually powering a nitrogen generator, and it takes high pressure and low pressure and converts it into nitrogen that powers our. That's from another country, hmm. and so you're buying all this stuff because nothing's like. It's challenging to find things that are like that large of scale in America. And so that's been our biggest challenge is even if you have the capital to go and buy it, you still have to wait. And so now you're you're facing time as the biggest constraint, if that makes sense.
0: That's crazy too. And like I'm from the digital product world, right? So like physical, real life products and stuff like that, like that's such a foreign concept to me. But like you're dealing with, what's your, what, what does it look like as far as like, products that don't ever get shipped out because you're messed up they get messed up do you face a lot of that
1: no no not at all our when people receive our products you know the the response is you know very high quality we put a lot of effort into our qc before it goes out the door so it's very very minimal from a quality perspective the biggest issue and hurdle was that up until probably about nine, 10 months ago, our average lead time was around four weeks. Ooh. Now, now we're shipping custom orders within two to like, I say custom, like monograms within two to five business days. Wow. We're shipping stock items within one to three days. And sometimes like same day shipping. So very, very fast. So we've been able to beat that bottleneck and now we're, because now we finally have the equipment, we have the capacity. I'm in over 110,000 square feet now. Hmm. And so it's, it's, we've been able to battle the time constraints. Uh, and also, you know, we, the learning experiences of saying, if this goes down, how does that impact my business? And because those, because of those downtimes, I've been able to have, um, other redundancies in place to say if this happens this is what we do next and then this is what's next
0: how do you figure that out though like how it happens yeah
1: usually reactive to a situation interesting it's not a a simple fix that's the thing when you're talking at scale so we've shipped so for perspective um three and a half years old as a as an e-commerce business four years old as a total company right and we've shipped over four million products wow so it's a lot of that's a lot of touch points and a lot of exponential growth, um, to have everything internal. So, um, a lot of it has just been learning experiences from issues that we've dealt with. And now it's a little bit different. Um, I, I, I hired my first recruiting, uh, firm and they brought on some high level executive staff for me and that's been a game changer. Yeah.
0: What's that? experience
1: yeah, yeah that they bring to the table
0: so like how do you are you the, the sole owner yes so like how do you decide like are, do you have final say or when you bring execs in do you give them certain powers to like say okay this is where we're gonna go like do you step back at all
1: oh yeah big time yeah so I'm I so coming from the military I was enlisted I was a prior military police officer was a staff sergeant and I didn't like like if a a junior lieutenant would come in and try to tell like you're supposed to give an action plan and then as a a non-commissioned officer i go and execute it and as long as i get the mission done that's all i really that's all that should matter at the end of the day right Uh, i'm gonna have a way of doing things you're gonna have a way of doing things and as long as we objectively hit that kpi then that's all that should matter and so for me you know having a clear cadence um, and accountability structure. It's as, as kind of levels that I play at from a macro perspective and then hmm. have, we have four levels of leadership that funnel down where it's, I'm, I'm not involved with the, anything from the manufacturing, the fulfillment, um, the distribution. I'm more, I'm playing more of the role of like the visionary officer and yeah. marketing back end. Yeah. So I run, all of the ads, um, all the email marketing, the SMS. I'm, I'm doing that personally, so.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: So, I, I enjoy that side.
0: Well, and that's, excuse me, that's good. I look at, um, I'm always curious how people structure their businesses. I look ClickFunnels, right? And like, you just got an award there, which, <laughs> congratulations, bro, that was awesome. But like, I look at like Russell, and uh, he's teasing us a lot. I don't know if you've watched some of his videos. He keeps teasing us that he's gonna step down. Um, but like, He's the CEO right now, but you know that's not his specialty. You know what I mean? And I'm always curious of like, I would freak out if I had built this baby of a business. You know what I mean? Like, hit that's a gonna be a billion dollar company soon. You know what I mean? And like not having control over the direction of where that would go, that freaked me out.
1: Yeah, but I think I I think there's differences, right? So like, look at um, look at big companies like Gymshark in the UK. That's absolutely dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, six years old as a, as a business and $320 million in one year annually. Like it's just incredible what they're doing. It's but insane. You know, the the founder, he's younger than me. Um, and he, you know, even though he owns the company, wait, well, they, they went public, but he, he felt like, you know, he hired a CEO, he hired all the executives and just followed his passion and now they can elevate and go further. So, you know and i haven't publicly talked about it i've I've kind of mentioned it to very close friends but i'll probably will do the same thing within the next two three years where i'll step down as a ceo because i can bring somebody in that has that type of board experience Mm. i'm not passion driven to go and sit in boardrooms and look at all these financial audits and do all of this other stuff i would rather be more i want to be very involved but i don't want to be involved with things that i'm not yeah passionate or I don't bring enough experience to you. And so I know my down plays and I want what's best for the business. Yeah, yeah. So, Are, yeah. Would you ever sell? Oh yeah, that's the intent. It, but the intent is, and, and I got a lot of people from Redline watching right now. So shout out to, to everybody from Redline. <laughs> I see a lot of people commenting people from Ohio, Pennsylvania. Um, so to answer your question, not in the near future, but the intent is to um, to eventually exit for over a billion dollars, take that seed money, and then plant a, uh, a VC incubator and to hire some of the best talent in the world and start acquiring or launching businesses that can help align within certain verticals. Hmm. So software companies that can also cross-populate uh, anything else that aligns within uh, what I want to get involved with. So,
0: That's good. Co- I feel like the mindset that you have to have, like you have to be super intentional because you're only, well, you said, almost four years old in the business, right? And you're only 30. So you started at basically my age. I just turned 26 on Saturday. So like, I mean, the mindset that you would have had to go in with this and the mindset that you've got to figure out, okay, I want to be a billion dollar company or whatnot. Like, how do you, let me ask you a more personal question on this. Like, how do you keep yourself in check, dude? Like, I mean, come on. I feel like, dude, you've accomplished some stuff. In your life, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like it would be way easy for a lot of people to get a super big ego, and and make it all about them. And I I feel you know, and I don't know you super super well, but I mean, I know you, and we've talked, and I've met you in real life, and we've interviewed you before. Like, you are a really down to earth person, and like, yeah, you drive. Uh, well, you got a Lambo.
1: You shovel your Lambo. I used to. Yeah. Okay. So I, you I got, got rid of. Have, yeah, I only have a couple down. So. Only a couple. And only. I'm not talking. I'm not. I don't really publicly talk too much about it either. Right,
0: but and that's why I'm, why I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like you've got the nice cars, but you don't, and the nice house, and you've got, you know. But like you're a down to earth person. How do you keep yourself in check?
1: So I think, um, I think having that vision mentality of forecasting where I want to be, and 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 ha- and having such accountability. So like last year, the goal was to be in over a million homes by the end of the year. Um, I'm so far in the macro that. I forget about the micro, and if I don't hit it, I'm upset. Hmm. And I look at it as like from a football perspective with Alabama football. Like, look at Nick Saban. Yeah, Saban, Minnesota, who I hate. <laughs> you know, if I miss, if I miss a field goal, you know, and even if we're up by a hundred points, it doesn't matter. We lost. Hmm. Like that's, and so I think having that type of mentality that you know, even though last year was down as far as revenue goes from the year-over-year year growth. Um, we, we hit some, I was upset at myself, but when you look at it holistically as an entirety, um, we're doing incredible, but I'm always pushing the boundaries for, um, myself and my team. So having very, very strict accountability within myself.
0: How do you deal though with, cause like one of the things I feel like when you hold yourself too strict and, and this is me being genuine, like, I don't know the answer to this at all, but like. You hold yourself to these big expectations and goals. Okay, I want to be in a million homes next year. What happens if you don't hit it?
1: I'm I'm upset, to be honest. Like I'm I'm mentally like uh, frustrated that we weren't able to accomplish it. But it's also on the flip side, like we we weren't we weren't at a place. The foundation wasn't built to where we could have gotten even further on a manufacturing constraints. Where now. I feel like the universe just said, all right, Colin, we're going to give you what you can handle. Hmm. That's exactly what happened. And now we're shipping stuff, customers, and, and there's a ton of my my employees right now, our customers talking, I love my purchases and all that stuff. But, you know, they, now we're able to have an incredible customer experience. They're ordering something and receiving it within, you know, just a few days of ordering it. And, you know, now we're able to have that type of foundation where we can diversify into Larger, whether it's larger retailers working, uh, we're about to launch custom products on Amazon and we'll be the first ever prime um, custom monogram manufacturer there. Oh, that's cool. And so, yeah, looking at the diversification of our brand and, and to elevate everything else. So,
0: how did you figure out like? Cause like you have a, like, I feel like you're not the only p- people in the world that, that do what you do, right? Like, I mean, like there's a lot of people that do customized steel design and stuff. Like, how did you figure out your market? And I want to kind of loop this back to like the ClickFunnels world of, you know, I listen to Russell a lot. Russell's a, 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 my dream 100 for sure. Right. And like someone that uh, I respect have learned a ton from, but he talks about like, okay, you got to know your market. You got to know your who you got to figure out how you're going to serve them and be different. Right. Like what makes you different than everybody else that's out there? Like, couldn't I just go to anybody and be like, "Hey, I want some whatever made, and they could make it too"? Like, how are you different than that?
1: So I think um, I think there's a couple elements to it. Um, initially, I got into the business, and there were there were thousands of competitors, uh, and there still are. But the thing was was there was no nothing on the paid side, and so as a marketer, you know, I was looking at the SEO, the amount of traffic that's you know being clicked through. Like, what's the what's the market opportunity? And I noticed that from like a CPC side that there was there was unsaturated, like I could get it super super low. So there's so that that told me was one there's a big market opportunity. Hmm. Two, the barrier to entry is there for 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 mass opportunity. Interesting. Uh, and CPMS would be extremely low because nobody's on the paid side. So that was four years ago. Now, to answer your question, now um, we don't have IP. Right. That's going to restrict somebody else or large player to come in and Amazon to open up a million square foot facility and compete against what we're doing. Right. Not yet. We are working. We are working on a patent on something that will offset us from everybody. We haven't talked about that, but this is I think what and and my VIP members to comment in on this live stream. It's I think what what offsets me, man, is like I humanize and I'm the forefront Mm. of it. And I'm so deeply rooted and involved within um, the overall customer experience and the journey that offsets us from anybody else. Is hmm. that we will go the extra mile. We have a VIP group of some amazing people. We got like almost 40,000 people there. Uh, we're about to launch an even more exclusive group called the, the Red Line Elite, which is right here. It's going to be reversed, but yeah, Red Line Ooh. Elite. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been able to really connect on a personal level, unlike any other brands. So that's, that's what hmm. really offsets us. And then in addition to that, like, let's say one of my competitors, they're, they're starting to come up, um, you know, they're going to have the same issues and challenges that we do and that's fighting time. And by the time they can wait a year to get more equipment in, imagine where we're going to be a year from now, hmm. So the diversification, we start with steel. But now we're launching, you know, we're about to launch like leather bracelets made with copper and steel. Oh, nice. Same type of of equipment that's already in place and cross utilizing it to um, give our product base even more diversification. Launching into canvas, launching into wood. uh, We just made our first, um, we just printed our first shirt yesterday. So yeah I saw that
0: post congratulations dude that's awesome
1: yeah thank you so so getting so it's not just thinking about you know new products within steel and that's it it's constantly the evolution mm-hmm. that I want to be at the forefront of anything within the home decor market and, and then also the pride in having it made in the USA
0: yeah, yeah. and I think that's big too and yeah. dude okay let's go there I want I want to talk about that real quick I, I do have some questions to come back to this but I want to talk about this dude how is meeting Trump?
1: it was was incredible man um but i mean to so it was an incredible experience to walk around go to the white house personally get invited and it was it wasn't a um it wasn't like we filled out an application it was them that reached out to us and so as a not not a lot of people know the entire process behind it sean weren't you the one that got the email yeah so sean Sean is right here here come over here yeah sean Sean. come and say hi he, was, he, he actually received an email from the White House, and it took three days for it to hit my desk because they didn't know if it was legal. Yeah, up.
0: I remember you telling that. What's up, Sean? Good to, good to see you, man. Yes, sir. So wh- you're the one that thought it was fraud? You it was
1: yeah, a- yeah no, <laughs> we did. We did at first. Uh, you know, we kind of, uh, you know, thought like, you know, not every day do you get an email from the White House. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what to do at
0: first. So w- walk me through the process, Colin, of what, like, uh, uh. Yeah, like walk us through the like. What happened?
1: Um, so when I finally got to my attention that it was a legit, like this was they they my customer service team they vetted that this was legit, and then it finally got to me. Um, it was it wasn't like I had I think three weeks notice to get everything in preparation for it. Um, and it was they select one company per state, and Trump he's the one that declared this as a week long holiday. Yeah, yeah. It's to, it's it's to, um, I guess they, he wants to bring attention to companies that are manufacturing and building products within the within the United States and within the nation. So it's called Made in America Week, and so he founded it three years ago, and so this was his third year annually to do it. Um, and you know we got to got to meet him. Um, I got a selfie with him. With I him
0: saw today. that dude. And that-
1: to top it off, he posted it. Huh?
0: Yeah, I know, dude. That was like the epitome of America right there. When he posted that and shot, I was like, dude, to be calling right now, that must have been insane.
1: Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. But I'll, I'll say this because I think this is important. Um, I think he's done an incredible job for, for our economy. And, and I love how real he is and he doesn't back down. I see a lot of commonalities between his overall approach uh, to not being bullied and to step up for what you believe in I think that's yeah very important um but uh, you know it's an honor to, to I would have went if Hillary was in office I still would have went
0: yeah for sure if,
1: if Bernie was in office I still would have went if, if Obama was there I would have went because you know one as a commander-in-chief being a veteran that's a huge honor in itself yeah personally invited to go to the white house. So, you know, we got a lot of like backlash of, Oh, you support that. We're not going to support your company, whatever, right. but you know, it's just because we went like as an entirety, like it's an incredible experience and honor as a three year old business at that time, Yeah. be able to be hand selected by the biggest organization in the world. Yeah. And so, you know, that was, it was a, it was a really cool accomplishment. And on top of that, he actually, um, he bought a flag from us, and we have an invoice Ooh. from him. And he uh, – I've got a letter up there. I'll get – hey, Austin, are you there? No. Nope. I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it looks like. It's crazy. That's he insane. He, he, uh, he put, you know, thanks for the flag. I love it. And then signed it. So it's really cool. So I got it hanging up on my wall. Did Austin, you bill him? The, or did you uh, give it. it to him? Uh, he bought it. Well, he we left it uh, when it was there because he wanted it. And then we invoiced him because he said he couldn't just take gifts. He said, if I receive a gift, it belongs to the White House. And when I leave, I can't take it with me.
0: Interesting.
1: That means a lot more than just taking it as a gift because he wanted it for himself. That's
0: incredible. That's super. Dang, that is so cool, dude. That's awesome. Well done. Congratulations. Did you, uh, from a business standpoint, did it affect sales at all?
1: Oh, yeah. So there was a big ripple effect of... um, uh, we so when I was there, the very last day, I had basically like a sixteen-hour notice if I wanted to go on Fox News. Yeah. And so I had to I had to take a train. I'd never done a train before. Interesting. And I Went to uh, Manhattan and was on uh, Fox and Friends, and we saw a, a massive spike um, due to that entire thing. So it was really cool.
0: That's super super cool. Was Trump uh, Trump exactly like you thought he'd be when you met him?
1: Um yeah, even more. But you know what was interesting, because he did his entire press conference at the end. Um n- there was no reporter that was asking anything about the actual event. It was all your latest tweet was this, your latest whatever, you know, it was all just it was all um gossip type stuff. Yeah. None of it was around the event, and he called him out on it. Like, look, you have 50 incredible companies that are here. And that's what y'all want to talk about. Like, this is what's wrong with the nation. He was very blunt, very straightforward, but he had a lot of valid points. Mm. And so Business Insider wanted to do, and they, they did an interview with me uh, while I was there and I asked him about it. You know, I was like, you know, it's a little disrespectful for all of the press to not ask anything related to the event that's actually being hosted. And what got brought up was actually kind of interesting. You know, most. Most presidents will host at least what weekly, bi-weekly, or even every other day, an uh, internal press conference uh, for the White House to disseminate information that's actually going on. Um, what they told me was Trump had went 90-plus consecutive days without holding an internal press conference. And she said that the only way that they can get any type of information is... By any type of event like this. Interesting. I could I could see it from both sides where it's like interesting that that kind of makes sense. Which you know if I was in in everything that he says, it gets distorted and manipulated and twisted. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to have you know I probably would be in a very similar situation if I was them.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that is frustrating. About, I mean, and regardless of politics, right? I mean, like, it could be Trump, it could be anyone. It just so ha- I feel like it happens more with Trump because of Trump brings it to himself. I think a little bit, but like, yep. I don't know what to trust in the media, dude.
1: I think everybody, I th- but I think it's opened the eyes to the left as well as like it's it's opened so many eyes that wouldn't have had that because they're 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 reaching for anything. Yeah. But, being more and more transparent now.
0: But, like, how do you – there's so much – there's so – I mean, like, dude, I have turned on – like, you'll see the memes going around on uh, on Facebook or on, uh, you know, Instagram or whatever of, like, literal Fox on, on one TV and CNN on the other TV, same building, same exact time, and it's, like, two polar opposite headlines that completely contradict each other, right? And it's, like, how do you – how do you determine what's true? You know what I mean? And so like, okay, I, I'm actually curious your thoughts on this. I'm sure you saw, I mean, Trump's been acquitted and all that jazz or whatever, but Mitt Romney voted to convict him in in one of them. Uh, did you see that? That he voted for, so do you know who you know, Mitt Romney ran for president? He was the only Republican Senator that voted to convict Trump on one of the articles of impeachment. The, the obstruction of uh, Congress, he, he did not. He said acquit it, but for abuse of power, he voted for it. And I was like, the heck like come on Romney right I even made a a post about it uh, in my post it was like hashtag also seriously Mitt Romney but like me I try to be a someone that sees both sides of the issue and so I literally went and I watched I watched Mitt Romney's speech or it's not speech but his interview on Fox and how he went and he how he came to the conclusion of everything now I'm about as big of Trump supporter as they get right I'm pretty vocal in my support of him but like I understood his side of things right And, like, when I actually got to see him talk about, like, why he came to the conclusion, while I don't agree with him, right, like, I actually understand, I mean, he's Mormon, he's, you know, he's very, very religious, he, you know, he gets to this point of, like, the things, and it made me realize, it made me kind of question of, like, I don't even know, unless you actually hear the words from someone themselves. how do you actually determine what's true? I feel like it's a huge problem in America, you know what I mean? For
1: sure, Yeah.
0: yeah 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 okay um i want to go back to kind of like circle back because I, I do have questions about you building your team up and, and and what you've done here congratulations on the whole trump thing i mean that was amazing and and super cool moment to, to watch you go through how do you build like going back to building your company how do you find good people
1: um i mean that's a challenge that's i mean our top management was recruited i was trying to find people like Probably through the wrong channels. Uh, Some of my best ones have either um, been—we've had several that have worked their way up um, through starting at kind of like general positions and finding what they excel in. Um, But it's you know it's it's still a challenge to find the right talent as we're continuing to scale. Um, Yeah, um, it's—I think that's an issue with a lot of companies, and it's also like for me let's look at it from a marketing perspective, being in Huntsville, Alabama, I'm super constrained and I like to keep things internalized. And so finding media buyers and finding people that really, really get it in this town is super, super challenging. Mm. And so sometimes, you know, having to bring people in from the outside, like, you know, I've got a guy that I hired, he's been with us for eight months now, but he's moving down here in June. And, um, he was, uh, the the marketing director of a, a big agency, and he's moving in from California. We're having to do those types of things that, because of our geographic location, not being in like L.A. or New York or you know Austin, or it's um, it can be a little bit challenging. But, it, uh, we do have some incredible staff.
0: Do you sure. do you bring everybody in? Is everybody in house?
1: Um, we have a uh, a few third party. Uh, I don't do the the Google and YouTube side. I do all the other media buying. I could probably do that, but um, you know, I, and I don't personally want to be the one that's that's only doing that. It's just that right, where I'm, right, I'm at right now. And I've had other people run it, and it hasn't been. You know, it's it's it could be that's it's just challenging as a, as an owner to find that exact fit. And I prefer it internally.
0: Um, but for all your for all your people that work for you that are actual legit employees of the company, are they in Alabama?
1: Yes. Yeah. Other than that one that's working remote in California. So we have about 50, 52 or so employees. Um and then he'll be moving down. He's the only full time that's that's based.
0: not there yet, but he's coming. Yeah, in June. Yeah. yeah, cool. What's next for you personally, dude? You got this big old company? I saw you getting back into fitness stuff. Looking looking pretty fit there right now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Uh so this year I, I mean there's there's several things on the bucket list. I love I love um taking something from, from concept to reality and, and just like your podcast name, think different theory, trying to, to innovate new ways to um, go to market with things. So you know wh- one thing is the relaunch of my personal brand, I put it on the, the back burner on the side um, to build redline. It's finally to a point where it's it's I'm far enough away from the macro where I can do some things but it's still challenging because right now i'm doing i'm doing a ton on the media buying side and so like mm. get that team in place the, the intent and the goal is that i can do a relaunch uh for my personal brand as well as launch a mastermind and in uh, in march i'm going to host my first ever um my first ever marketing workshop two-day workshop nice and so it'll be super hands-on i want it to be where it's only working with um existing companies that are selling tangible products and we can, I can, you know, hopefully use them as great case studies. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, prospect, acquire companies, but be super hands-on. Um, they bring in some of their products, and I show them how they can go to market using um, potentially ClickFunnels and you know everything on the back end of it. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of the intent from a personal side. Is I'm getting back in shape. I'm, I'm shooting a cover with Muscle and Fitness um, in a couple in like a month or so, and we'll go from there. That's super We're cool. It the year of the comeback.
0: Year of the comeback. I like that. I like that. And you got your, uh, well, I mean, you've hinted at it at least, call call in with Colin, right? Yeah. Call in with Colin.
1: Podcast. Call L- in with Colin. And that's also just like you think different theory. So it's, yeah. it's doing things completely against the grain and having it where, so, you know, I'm not huge in the podcast world. Yeah. Talk to a few people. And um, I wanted it to be where, essentially anybody can get involved and get something out of it, but it's not generalized. It's topic yeah. that can go any direction. And just like me and you are having a normal conversation and I don't, I don't know what type you didn't send me an outline of everything that we're going to be asked. It's super no. just like responsive on how to respond and, and kind of lead questions and directions. So, yeah. But it'll allow anybody, you know, even, you know, it, you don't have to be a subject matter expert in a certain field, and no matter if it's like similar questions, the responses are always going to be a little bit different because yeah. what you want to do is going to be different than the other person. So if I don't think from a content distribution perspective, it's not going to get old. In my yeah. Opinion. And so a lot of podcasts that can get stale, where it's like, okay, how much more on keto can I talk about? You know, it's you know, if if you go into these super niche things, it's it's hard to to get everything. Yeah.
0: for sure one of the things that um do you know steven larson by any chance okay Um,
1: not well i know i know of him you you know who he is yeah 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 yeah. so So we talk from time to time but
0: yeah steve is a good friend of mine um and i was actually i was having dinner with him and two of the other speakers at Funnel Hacking Live. And we were actually talking about like shows and creating content or whatnot. And we've got a lot of really good feedback back uh, from Think Different Theory, um, from the the different stuff that we've gotten. And I was asking him about it because I was like, man, I don't want to just be like the ClickFunnels podcast, right? Or I don't want to just be the Sales Funnel podcast or the Sales Podcast or like whatever it is. And so I was asking him about like that because like we bring on some really, really unique guests, right? And I'm like, I feel like I understand the, the logic behind a show that is very niche specific, that has one type of listener so that you can go in and like customize it specifically for them so that they listen to you more than anybody else. And one of the interesting things that he told me was, he's like, Josh, what you've got to learn how to do is trade up markets. And um, he's like, for him right now, he's, he's actually shutting down his current podcast and the exact same listeners. He's actually just rebranding. It. I mean, it's it's the same show, but like, uh, he's going from sales funnel radio to the pursuit of profit. Now he's big in the entrepreneurship space. He wants to teach entrepreneurship. His podcast is to drive revenue. But what he said is, he's like, all right, I soaked up. I found my market in the click funnel space, and I soaked that up. And then I realized, okay, now I'm, I'm big enough now. I, I've interviewed Russell. I, I'm a big fish in a small pond. Now what's the next pond up that I can actually trade up to? And he's actually rebranding it a little bit so that he can go and trade up into that you know those next levels. I thought that was super interesting. Um, his content changes a little bit as he goes. But for me, I was thinking, okay, I've got this podcast of I can bring anybody on, but I'm still going to pick a market that I'm going to bring people on in that market. And it can be anybody within that market. And that way I soak up that market and then start trading up as I get big. We're going after Russell right now to get him on for his Traffic Secrets book launch, stuff like that. But like we've had pretty big names on in that you know realm and so that we can trade up markets. And so um, are you like, is your goal with this is this just something that you're going to do to kind of launch something else? Or are you trying to bring Colin with Colin, uh, call in with Colin? up to a like is that going to be like a long-term kind of big big style show like that you're going to have around for the next three five years
1: that's the intent behind it man right now there's not an intent to like monetize it or use it for business it's more like social branding and to elevate yeah. my personal brand yeah um, you know i've got a very di- diverse group that follow me you know it's not just on the marketing and sales a lot of it's more either from my fitness modeling days or you know, I'm, I'm so in touch with my Redline customers, which is predominantly women, like 30. Interesting. Plus. Hmm. And so, you know, I, I want to be able to cater to more of a, a mainstream demographic. Yeah. But without the intent of, it's only a distribution channel where I can disseminate information. It'll cross brand my companies that I'm with red line but it's not going to be like paid endorsements by myself. Yeah, product. yeah, yeah. Like you know, I've got a product in the background and it's subliminal and that's it. You know, it's it won't be to monetize it. It's it's simply to continue to elevate the brand and have another outreach channel.
0: How important do you think personal branding is um, nowadays?
1: I, yeah, it's so important. Uh from a you know, that's that's how um I got started within the marketing space to begin with was the, the leverage that your personal brand can have to all of these other companies what can offset you from the other you know and before facebook even had algorithms i was i was growing my pages a ton yeah you know, my first 30 days i had over 100,000 hundred thousand followers and i just That's i didn't sick. know what i was doing but <laughs> i was like okay well let me try let me push this over to instagram and you know it was always testing new things i would go on to other pages that weren't um, that weren't specific to an indi- individual so maybe a modeling page and i would leverage like calendar giveaways i would say okay this is a benefit to your page and i would leverage mine and say okay i'll share this to mine so your page is going to grow we're going to go we're gonna, you're going to post it on yours and i'll reshare it and so i'm leveraging the value of what my page can do for them mm. and also cross channeling now, it's not as effective now. No, no. for mm. shares, But let me tell you, seven years ago, eight years ago, it was incredibly, uh, it was because there was, it was a hundred percent reach. Yeah. I, I Like the page, everybody freaking saw the post. It was amazing.
0: I, I feel like that's how it is on TikTok right now. Are you on TikTok at all?
1: No, none. Dude. It's not my demo. I don't really want to be there.
0: It's not my demo either yet right now, but it's almost, it's almost too good to look away from. Like I've I posted seven videos on there and I had 4,000 followers. One of my videos got 89,000 views or something like that. I'm like, what the heck? So it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't know, maybe throw up. I'm, I'm going to just kind of throw up some content on there. Like not op- actually optimize it for it, but just like repurpose Instagram stories or something over there. Because I have friends that have just, I mean, blown up. I have friends with millions of followers on that platform. They're, uh, The biggest, it's crazy, the biggest user on the platform is like a 17-year-old girl, I think or something like that. She got some 20 million followers. Like it's just absolutely insane. Um, going back to the personal branding thing real quick. What, what's Like what's your biggest piece of advice for people that want to grow their personal brand? Cuz like I have a personal brand and I'm but I'm like I'm I'm still in the process of building it, right? Like I'm solidified in my space, but I, I mean I'm I'm 100,000 people maybe, right? Like it's not nothing crazy or huge. Uh, two, two-fold question, if you're just getting started, what's your biggest piece of advice for personal branding? And then for scaling, what's your biggest piece of advice?
1: So if you're first getting started, you know I would say work with, or try to bring some type of value so that people with a larger following want to work with you. And, and a lot of times that could mean working for free, doing something for them. If you're a graphics artist, you wanna grow your page, start making other people with like large following, their graphics. And then they share it and you work out some type of a hey, tag. Just I'm going to build you all this stuff. All I need you to do on Instagram is just tag me within the photo. Hmm. And it's that simple, but do it for free, like give some type of value of why they should do it for you and don't ask for anything in return. And it'll continue to uh, elevate as long as you keep that consistency. Um, same with like, you know, being on podcast shows, as long as you add some type of value to give. And sometimes, you know, it may It may take you having to pay um, to promote your personal brand to get started um you know when i was on 50 plus magazine covers i was using the power of value attribution to monetize but not in a way that most people would think of so i never charged a talent fee to the publications which that offset me from so many other fitness models i took it a step further and said if a fitness photographer wanted to charge a license fee I would, I would inadvertently pay that license fee to the photographer. And then I would put a value of let's say, you know, men's health, men's fitness, I'll do four posts. This is what the rollout looks like when I was, this is the announcement. This is me holding it. This is a, um, last week to receive it. And we'll go through this entire process and I'll paint a picture for them, and say, you know, I, I usually charge $2,500 per post. That's $10,000 value. I'll give that to you for free. Plus no talent fee. Plus uh, I'll pay for the license fee for the photographer. Hmm. So I'm having to vest my own money at, to uh, to be on that. Now, what offsets it is now being on all of those covers. I can charge a premium to work with companies like Under Armour and Nike because that's what offset me from all of these other people, and be- and, it- and it helped build the credibility and social proof. Yeah, that didn't happen overnight. It was a- it was a massive. You know, I would reach out to hundreds of pages through social media or going online, finding their chief editor, adding them to, to Facebook, adding them to LinkedIn and, and not asking for shit off the bat. Asking, not even, not even, all I do is send them a friend request and then start engaging a little bit. Start engaging, wish him a happy birthday, all that. Your, your son's amazing at baseball, whatever. Very small communication trickles and then build it off of a conversation where after a couple of weeks, they've seen your name several times. They've seen some engagement. You don't want to look like a creeper. (laughs) I'm not going to go and just ask for exactly what I want. I want to give some type of value to them, but I think it's building those relationships that's key right off the bat. And once you can get past the gatekeeper, that right gatekeeper can put you in touch with so many other people that are connected. So for instance, my first ever cover was with iron man, uh, Australia. And so I was one of the only fitness models to ever land a cover twice in one year. So you gotta think every four or five months I was averaging a cover in the same country, which is nuts. Wow. That's, that's not normal. There's only 12 covers in a year, one a month. So, but I would, I used that same chief editor, And after several times working together, because I made it super easy, seamless for him, I would do my post just like I wanted, cross tag. Yeah. I would go over and beyond what was expected. Um, You know, I went out and asked him, hey, Dan, you know, we've worked together great in the past. Do you have any friends that, and so he connected me with uh, Men's Fitness Australia and, and I landed a cover with them. And so it's building those relationships and then not being afraid after you've built that relationship and that takes time uh, but to, to use that their distribution channel to get what you want as well.
0: Yeah, and I feel like one of the hard things that people have and'd be curious to know I like I have my own thought process on why this is. I think it's kind of obvious but maybe not I feel like a lot of people have a hard time asking for, for you know for referrals or asking like hey do you know anyone why do you think that is why or why don't why do you think that more people don't ask
1: um maybe they, they don't value themselves enough or they discount themselves and they they're they're just afraid to i think um you know one thing if i ever i, I mentioned i want to do a mastermind i'll probably end up doing some like high level consulting um and and the thing is is i value myself enough to to not discount what i to the table yeah if, if it's my service i know the type of value that i can contribute if this person that is afraid to jump in and pay what i'm asking for i don't negotiate it this is this is what it is and if you can't see that value then i'm not for you there's other people for you yeah but i'm not i know what i can bring and i know what i've been able to accomplish and so that in itself is enough self-confidence to say this is what it is Hmm. and enough to say, Hey, I have enough internal belief of what I'm doing to ask for a cold lead and be able to sell them because I know what I'm talking about. Hmm. So if you don't have that inner competence and whatever you're trying to sell, whether that's yourself, your brand, uh, maybe some type of course or whatever it is like, you have to have that so much self-confidence within yourself to, I think that that's what restricts them from, from from being afraid to ask, in my opinion. Hmm,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think another thing, too, is like some people don't deliver good results. Yeah. And then they know that they didn't deliver good results, and so that then they can't ask because they're afraid of the no, or you know what I mean? Like you got to deliver good results, and most people can't. Are you religious at all?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, do, like what what do you identify
1: with? Uh, um, so we go to a local church called The Rock and it is a, um, Christian, um, non, uh, what do they call it? Non-denominational? Non-denomination. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever like dealt with the loss of a family member? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, like, okay. So, so you get, so I lost my brother and, uh, like ooh, coming up on a year now. And one of the things I've really struggled with, and I'm just curious is like, uh, not so much what my purpose is because like I, I I'm religious I believe in God but like what like how God reveals himself in the form of truth right mm-hmm. so like I feel like there's two types of truth I feel like there's eternal truth meaning you know absolute applies to all of us the same way morality type truth and then there's personal truth right how do you uh like how do you determine what's right and wrong like is, do you get that strictly from the Bible do you get that through your relationship with God, or like how do you determine morality, right and wrong type stuff?
1: Um, I, I guess just living. I mean, I think my favorite word that you'll hear several times outside of just this. I mean, is integrity. That's just doing what's right when nobody's looking. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't put it just strictly to the church side, but you know, I was I was raised in a great home. Um, I've split parents, so mom, my mom primarily raised me, mm. and um, but southern you know typical southern hospitality man yes sir yes ma'am no ma'am whatever and, and then the military definitely helped instill a lot of yeah i use so i think a combination of all of that
0: hmm. are you married now
1: yeah i'm married and have um three kids
0: oh wow how so how do you balance uh, entrepreneurship with dad time husband time
1: i mean that's 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 a very challenged question <laughs> uh, it's you know as a as a I, to answer it correctly, man, is it's, it doesn't happen. There is no balance. Hmm. Um, at least not not currently. There's not a fair balance of saying, okay, I'm going to work 60 hours minimum here at Redline. It's not going to be an even balance of work-life balance. Right, right. Scale, it's never going to be the same. Um, it's, it's, it's really a self-sacrifice to know and confidence to say this is where Redline will be. I'm willing to sacrifice some time here on the front end so that the rest of our lives, we don't have to stress about it and Mm. I can do more and more involvement. It's gotten to a point now where two years ago, um, I literally bought an RV, lived there for three months because I didn't want to drive home for 30 minutes. And so my wife and my daughter would come at Mm. night, sleep with us because I didn't want to drive 30 minutes home, 30 minutes back to work. I thought it was a waste of time. Mm literally work until it was time for bed and I would go to the R V and within 30 minutes pass out, wake up three or four in the morning and go back to work. Hmm. I got guys in this room that was here when uh when I was doing all of that. And it's um I think it's just sacrifice, but they're at least for my wife, my daughters, you know, one's nine months old, one is three years old. they don't fully understand where they really understand it. So it's more sacrifice on my side. But also like my business is a baby too, like and I care so much about what's happening here that you know, I look at it as if 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 your company is starting out, you have to almost treat it as if it is a newborn kid. Yeah. And if you neglect it and you're off on the weekends, it's gonna it could hurt you know, you're it's gonna see an impact. It's gonna be hard. Yeah. And so I like that. It's um for me, man, it's it is very it's fourth quarter, seven days a week minimum of 12 hours a day. No, no BS. That's literally what it is. Now it's, um, I take, I try to take Sundays off. Um, and that's kind of what my, that's what my balance is to be fair to my wife. And if I had it my way, if I was not married and I was, and I didn't have kids, I would literally just buy a bed and live at Redline.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I so feel like that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sunday, I uh, we'll go to church and I'll do lunch and then, uh, I'll try not to work, but it's hard to escape, and it's almost like an addiction, to be honest.
0: Mm. Yeah, I feel that. I'm, I, uh, addiction is the right word for it, dude. It's like I can't get away from it. I just want to be on all the time. I love being in front of the camera. I love creating. I love writing. I love, yeah, I, I could do it all the time. And that's actually one thing that I've actually worked with my coach a lot on is having some form of balance in my life because I would work 18 hours a day, seven days a week if I could. Like it would just, I don't all these people that are like, I need vacation or I want to do this or don't you want to do that? I'm like, I love what I do.
1: All right. That's
0: what I'm saying. I'm like, if you don't love what you do, that's why you need a vacation. Like, okay. Yeah. Every now and then, but like, dang, um, Last last topic I quickly want to cover with you before we wrap it up here. Um, I do want to kind of talk to the, the, the more of the beginner entrepreneur right now, or the the person that's out there that is is trying to figure it all out. Maybe maybe their their calling is not an entrepreneur necessarily, um, but like they want to be successful and they want to make money. And and most people entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship of some sort is the path that's going to get them there, even if that's a side hustle. Um, I there's nothing I believe more strongly, I don't think, than in the power of the mental game. I think everything is won and lost in the mind. And whether that's money or or starting a business or your relationship or whatever, like I believe it, it all, it all starts here. It all comes out of the stories that you're telling themselves. What mental exercises or advice would you give to someone that like is like, perfect story about this. I, I was sitting in at funnel hacking live and Russell's up on stage and he's, you know, talking back and forth. And he's like, yeah, like I'm going through and I'm trying to figure out how to do click funnels. And, you know, like, you know, in the process of building everything. And he said, one of the things that we did beforehand is he like, I felt the voice of God telling me to, to buy this domain and it was $20,000 and I didn't have it. So, you know, I worked real hard. I quick came up with it, you know, $20,000 or whatever. And this guy behind me goes, yeah, okay. A quick 20,000. That's like impossible for the normal person. And I was like, interesting, right? Because like I used to be in that scenario. I used to, I mean, if you were told me to come up with $20,000 in a week, you might as well have told me 20 million, right? And now I'm like, okay, 20,000 bucks. Like if I need to come up with 20 grand, I'll come up with 20 grand. So like what, what advice do you have for someone that's in that scenario right now that hasn't had that breakthrough, that isn't the operator of a 30 million, $40 million company. That's like, just trying to figure out how to get past that hump of, I call it like mental freedom, Right. There's financial freedom, but before financial freedom, I think comes mental freedom. So, like, what what advice do you have for them on that?
1: Um, so, what I've learned, you know, over the years as an entrepreneur is to essentially you'll get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And what was uncomfortable for me three years ago, four years ago, when I was first starting, um, now I could laugh at. It's a very similar situation with what you just said. You're coming up with twenty thousand, you know, you could do that just like that, and it's it's. What, what scares you today should not scare you a couple of years from now, as long as you have that same vision and you're carrying it out, hmm. that fortitude self-confidence that, you know, you put your mind to it and I want to go out and accomplish it. So, um, I'd say there's, there's a couple of parts to it. Um, I would, my, my biggest thing is to set small and realistic goals and, and your realistic goal is going to be different than mine. Yeah. I say redline's going to be, you know, a billion dollar company within the next five years. To a lot of people, that's not realistic at all. And, and, right. you know, and, and you know what? There's outside noise. You have to cancel it out, and there's still going to be people that's talking. You can't let that self absorb into your thought. And so that's that short term goal. And, it, and I, that's more of like a long term. I'm looking at short term could be like six months to a year. Where do you want to be, and why do you want to be there? And then have. I don't even want you to just put it in your mind. You need to like self-proclaim it to the universe that this is what I want to do. Yeah. And don't do it for, do it for self-accountability more than anything. Don't do it just to say, oh, look what I can do in a year. Like reflect back on that. I want to see in my time story on Facebook a year from now, oh, my goal was to, to, you know, hit a hundred thousand followers and I did, or or 200,000, you know, that's. I think carrying whatever it is that you want out, proclaiming it and and having that self-confidence that um, no matter it gets thrown my way, I'm going to, I'm going to push past those barriers. So uh, short-term goals that that you believe in wholeheartedly. And even if your wife doesn't support it uh, there, there's negativity that's thrown your way through. Yeah. Why are you going to do that? That's dumb. It's never going to work. There's barrier. everybody has to go past that. Like yeah. anybody that's first starting out, you're going to get questioned by a lot of people and even people you care about uh, and that you, you want to get advice and listen from, but if it's your vision, if that's your purpose and that's what you're passionate about, follow it pursue yeah. it, and it doesn't have to be monetary. You know, it could be, you know, you want to be a, a comedian Then what do you need to do to, to make that happen? How can I volunteer? Let me sweep the floor every night for the next three weeks, build a relationship with the stage manager, think different then to, to figure out how it is that you want to accomplish what it is that you want reverse yeah. engineer it and then have the self confidence to to go about it yeah and i think the biggest thing is just action man like you have to act you can't just keep pushing things out everybody's going to fail and it's it's getting that uncomfortable feeling uh being uncomfortable with the comfortable so it's um it's and there's yeah it'll uh, it'll continuously get easier when things get more challenging. I feel like for me, I revert more to like my spirit animal as an animal, as a lion. When I'm trapped in a corner, I'll come out fighting. And when I need to come up with cash flow, I work best off of pressure. When things are going great, I usually throw a wrench in it somehow. I'll, (laughs) I'll throw, I'll do something brand new that nobody's expecting and it'll be challenging for the business to keep up or do something, but we figure it out, man. I'm not afraid yeah. to jump in with both feet and and just sink or swim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. One of the things my uh, coach told me, and I love this because it goes right along with what you said here with the, the writing it down and kind of proclaiming it out there is uh, she said, Josh, the greatest ideas and the greatest, you know anything that happens that are in the mind, that's also where doubt is. And by getting out of your own head, you also get out of doubt. And so when you write it down and you can actually see it, you can go, oh, that looks attainable, right? Like, oh, I can do that. And when you leave it in your mind, even if it's the exact same thing that's in your mind is out on paper, now you can see it. You see it without a lens of doubt. You see it with clarity, and you, you can go, oh, this is there, and that's there, and, and I can figure out how to do that. And uh, I have found so much clarity. I have multiple different journals. I got this one. I got another one over here. Like, And I just started writing down, like just Random things like I'm like today I'm feeling like this like it's the most stupid thing ever but now it's out there and it's like oh well that's stupid I shouldn't think that way or oh that makes sense I can do that so I absolutely love that and uh, I really appreciate uh, you sharing that. Sure. Colin, it's been an amazing time with you man. I really appreciate you coming back on. I know your time is super valuable. But what do you what do you charge for an hour of consulting?
1: I don't I don't do hours so it's um uh, I like the day I like to get to know people. I'm very very strict. I actually have a guy that I consulted with. He came back from Tampa 18 months ago. So he's in the room right now with me. And he's back and like I'm not charging him to be here. We established like a, it turned from a business uh into a personal friendship and I like so, that. For me like I don't want to to work with people to monetize. I want to work with people to sustain their growth. And he's he went from like less than, you know, 100,000 annual, he'll he'll do over 10 million this year eight, from, in an 18 month period. Congratulations. Congratulations.
0: What's That's his the, name?
1: Uh, his, his name's Corey Schaffer. He's with Tilvahala Project.
0: Corey, congratulations. That's awesome. I don't know you, but that's phenomenal. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to
1: do it, man. It's a lot of fun.
0: I'm trying to figure out how much how much time or how much uh, of your time I just stole from you. Like how, mu- how much, how much, none of it, none high. of it. Okay. All right. That's good. Zero. That's good. Yeah, Colin. Personally, oh. Yeah,
1: it's been a lot of
0: fun. I appreciate it, man. Colin, it's been an absolute pleasure um, as always. Uh, and I really, really appreciate you coming on. Any final words of wisdom or anything that you want to share with uh, Think Different Theory audience?
1: Um, no, I mean, I would say, Josh, you do, you are, I want to say something to you. Um, dude, you, the way that you do things like y'all, everybody I'm listening, you can't see this, but this is something that's on my desk. This is something that Josh did. He sent me a leather journal. It was really nice. And he's the only, I've been on a lot of podcasts. He's the only guy that has personally sent me something. Now it's sitting on an executive desk. I've got, you know, I got multi-millionaires coming in bankers executives from all different types of companies. And his name is on the bottom right hand corner. So the branding side thinking different on your approach and giving, giving back from a value perspective. And like, so I would say, man, to all your listeners, do something that's against the grain, do something that can elevate whatever you're you want in your goals and offset you from everybody else. Because just like a normal podcast, essentially, we end the podcast and the conversations end. And all I hear from is, hey, here's the thumbnail. Here's the link. Post it on your social. I don't even feel like doing it. But doing things like this. You sent me a a Christmas card. Those little bitty things, those touch points are massive when it comes to building a personal relationship, especially with, with the right people. And keeping that relationship built, you don't know where that's going to go. You know, imagine, you know, imagine Redline is a billion dollar company. And, you know, now because of these small little touch points like this, it's something that I'll remember. I'm at a conference. I'm a billionaire now. Josh walks up to me and gets, you know, through, gets past <laughs> myself. you know, what I mean? <laughs> right. it's right. it right. and it's these small little touch points that carry a lot of weight. And and bring so much more lifetime value to your show. I'm willing to do more things like share it into my personal channels, my groups, uh, that I normally wouldn't do on other shows because of that relationship that was built from the very beginning working with you. So, hopefully, that's a good takeaway. I appreciate that. Everybody listening is that do things against the grain. If you see that that's the way that everybody else has done it, find a way to make it better. Don't just fit in, you know.
0: Think different. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. That means a lot. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, we send them out yeah. to everybody. So thank you. Thank you, guys. This has been. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Colin Wayne, who has done just an incredible job. Uh, congratulations on all your success again, man. It's been cool to get to know you. Uh, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are going to be the ones that change the world. I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Tomorrow, we have Joel Kaplan, who runs about a $200,000 a month agency. I think he's like 26 or 27. I'm uh, just absolutely crushing it for all my agency entrepreneurs out there. You're not going to want to miss that one. Uh, God bless you all, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace.